the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the most striking things about Christians today is an apparent laziness when it comes to knowing and living in the precepts of God as he has set before us. It's almost as if we're traveling through life half asleep, unaware of the impact we should be having on the world. Listen to today as Pastor Rander addresses this apparent lethargy. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. And I pray, Father, that you give me a message that you help me to speak your word with clarity and authority, and that the people have a mind to receive. Restrain the work of the enemy. Free us from distractions. Let your word go forth in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. We launched a series for the beginning of the year, and uh, it's, it's entitled, Victorious Living in Troubling Times. This is the second uh, part of the message, Victorious Living Part 2. Victorious Living in Troubling Times, Part 2. The theme scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. However, keep your Bibles open because we will be referencing a number of scriptures as it relates to this particular topic. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victorious living in troubling times. Beloved, victorious living doesn't just happen, especially in difficult times that we're living in. Last year was a very turbulent year in America, and yet the Lord has kept us, preserved us, And he has been with us in spite of our challenges. Amen? Amen. If we're going to live victoriously, we cannot live in mediocrity. If we're going to live victorious, we cannot be apathetic. We cannot be stagnant. Victorious living means that we cannot be lukewarm. And we cannot be living without purpose. Instead, you need to ask yourself... How can I live so much above the turbulence? How can I live above uncertainty? How can I live above division? How can I live above turmoil? How can I live above confusion that's to the east, west, north, and south? I, as your pastor, want to encourage you by reminding you of the promise as found in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 37, which says, for nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
Beloved, I submit to you today that with the help of Almighty God, you can live the victorious Christian life to the glory of God, even in the midst of troubling times. Trouble doesn't stop God for what he wants to do in your life. Why don't you say amen? But the real question is, uh, how to live the victorious life? How do I live the victorious Christian life in troubling times? How do I live this way with, 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 with all the things that's going around us, unfolding before our eyes, with all the issues that are prevailing in the society in which we live? How can I live the victorious Christian life in turbulent times? Well, number one, you cannot live in victory while holding on to your fleshly desires. You cannot live in victory while holding on to your fleshly desires. Galatians, in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, it says, When you follow the desires, say desires, of your sinful nature, and all of us have one, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, it's in the scripture. All of it's right there. Jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. In other words, Paul is saying, in case I miss yours, other sins that are too many for me to write in the text. I'm talking about those two. Those two. I'm dealing with your fleshly tendencies, your fleshly appetites, your desires, your unredeemed flesh. That's the beauty of the glorified body. We, we will not have those kinds of proclivities anymore. It'll be done away with. Uh, the new body that we'll receive when Jesus comes will not have the potential to sin. Sin will be done away with to the glory of God. Uh, won't you say amen? Then a body that will sin no more. So Paul says, let me tell you again, as as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Beloved, are you comfortable living a, a life that reflects these verses, these words in this particular verse? And if you are, you need to, this is a good time to repent. You need to put this on your fasting and prayer list and ask God to deliver you from it. The ones right here in this verse can be put on your fasting and prayer list so that you can be delivered from these fleshly desires. Beloved, only when you possess spiritual transformation are you able to win the battle over your fleshly desires. It is impossible to have victory over your fleshly appetites if you have not been born again. It is, did you get that? It is impossible to have victory over your fleshly appetites if you have not been born again. For the the gospel of John says in John 3, 3, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he or she cannot enter the 
the kingdom of God cannot see the kingdom of God. To live a successful Christian life means you must resist every fleshly craving that desires to pull you back into your old way of life. You see, Satan desires you to relapse into your old lifestyle you have been delivered from. How many of you know you've been delivered? Amen. But let me tell you something. But, but Satan didn't care that you've been delivered. <laughs> he said, oh, oh, you've been delivered, huh? Let's check you out. And, and, and he'll put those old temptations, those old things that you've been delivered from, and he'll make them just as fresh and appetizing today as they were when you were living those things out. Satan desires to see you relapse into your old lifestyle you have been delivered from, which means you must literally fight those appetites of the flesh which Satan uses as temptations to defeat you in life. Secondly, you cannot live in victory until you give priority to prayer. You cannot live in victory until you give priority to prayer. And this is why we do this every year having a season of fasting and prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18a says, praying at all times in the spirit, in the Holy Spirit, uh, with all prayer and supplication. Sadly, many saints only pray when they need something from God. (laughs) Many saints only pray when they need something from God, or when their backs are against a wall, or when they're in trouble and need deliverance from God. Beloved, if you do not live in a spirit of prayer, you will not live in victory. Praying is powerful. It's a gift from God. And God intends for us to use prayer. Well, let me transition. Why is prayer so important in the lives of believers? Why is prayer so important in the lives of believers? Why do you put so much emphasis on prayer? Well, first of all, prayer is so important because Jesus himself prayed. Now, he's God in human flesh. He, he, uh, he, he was perfect, never sinned, um, got it right 100% of the time. But, but we, are, we are sinful creatures. We, we have unredeemed flesh. Uh, we, 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 we're sinful by nature. We, we have the pull of that old Adamic nature. And if Jesus prayed being perfect and without sin, what about we who are sinners? Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he, the Lord Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. God prayed. The Holy One prayed. The Redeemer prayed. Emmanuel prayed. The the creator of heaven and earth saw the immense need to pray. Since Jesus himself prayed, being God in human flesh, then how much more do we who are frail, we who are finite, we who are imperfect, we who are flawed, we who are sinful, we who are prideful, really, really need to pray. The more I search myself, the more it humbles me To pray. B, prayer is important in the lives of believers because Jesus instructed his children how to pray. 
He even teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6. That's, it's just that point. He said, I, I want you to pray and I'm going to tell you how to do it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, but when you pray, not if you pray, but what? When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Beloved, you demonstrate spiritual immaturity and you lose spiritual blessings when you publicize your prayer life. You don't tell everybody you prayed 6 o'clock uh, on Tuesday. You know, I pray six o'clock. That's, that, that's, that's immaturity. And perhaps you, if that's the only time you're praying, then that's pretty sad too. Just, I mean, you, God don't want you to make much about your prayer life before people. It's, it's a personal thing. It's a private thing. It is a spiritual thing. But where you and God get along and you just have a good time. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's conversationing with God. Parents, the greatest thing you can do is to teach your children to pray. When they come with you with the issues of life, you know, one of the greatest questions you can ask your children, what does God think about that? That's a teachable moment. What does God what would God do if he were here right now, sweetheart? What would God, why don't you check in with God and uh, tomorrow about this time we'll talk about it. Tell me what God is saying to you. Learn how to nudge spiritually your children uh, toward God, to talk about God, and the, to talk to God about the issues of life, where they are, decisions of life. If they start doing it when they're young, it won't be so hard when they get older. See, prayer is important in the lives of believers because God answers prayer. How many of you have seen God answers your, answer your prayer? I, I declare today that God truly answers prayer. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says, and, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Well, in other words, Scripture says we ought to pray confidently. And we ought to ask for things that please him and not us. And not us. And when you glorify God by asking for that which pleases, he grants the request. Some people pray so selfishly, and that's why the prayers are rejected by God. God knows the motive of your hearts. Saints, perhaps your prayers are not being answered because you are not making requests from God. So you, you don't even thank God. You think it's too big for God. You won't even ask him. And so you don't even ask because you don't believe God to, for breakthrough. Beloved, God is so, I'm going to tell you something else, something else. God is so gracious that he blesses us even when we fail to make a request from him. Has God ever given you something you didn't even ask for? And when he gave it, he said, oh, God, I did need that. Thank you. You didn't have enough sense. He, he, he just gave it to you. You know, God has given me things that I didn't even ask for. How many, how many of you seen God do that? I'm, he's given you things you did not ask for. He knew your needs. You didn't have, you, you weren't walking with him close enough. You just wasn't, didn't have the mind of Christ. God knew you needed a supply. And some things you asked for, you asked for, you asked for. He says, no, 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 no. And, and he turns around and says, my grace is sufficient. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says wait. 
Do you love him enough to wait on him? God is not always a right now God. Sometimes he is and sometimes he's not. You need to learn how to accept the will of God for your life. God, I know when you tell me, no, you see what I can't see. You know what I don't know. And if you tell me, no, I know you have a better plan for me. And I've seen God work my nose out in a tremendous way. Matter of fact, when I look back and see the nose in my life, I start shouting that he did say no. Because sometimes you keep on asking God, God said, I'm going to give it to you to show you that you didn't need it. And I'm going to let it whip you. (laughs) I'm going to let it whip you. I'm going to let it whip you for three and a half years and two months. Because I told you no, but you wanted to, I'm going to give it to you to show you didn't need it. When God says no, accept it. He's our heavenly father. He knows. He's the all wise God. He knows. He sees everything. He knows. Say he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. Good God Almighty. <laughs> Prayer is so important in the lives of believers because it provides spiritual protection. Prayer is so vital in the lives of believers because it provides spiritual protection. I love that passage in Psalms 91:15, which says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Ever been in trouble? I will deliver him and honor him. We must not presume upon God's protection. I say it again. We must not presume upon God's protection. Instead, we display our trust in God when we ask him for it. Let me tell you something right now. You listen to this old black bald headed preacher who's been preaching for over 40 years. As dangerous as this world is, believers are most negligent and remiss If we don't ask our Lord daily for protection in troubling times. As dangerous as this world is, how are you going to forget to pray for your children? Every time they leave at that door, you ought to be praying. You don't know if they're coming back. They go to school and they can end up in a morgue. I mean, uh, you're riding your bicycle, you're walking down the street, you're in a parking lot. You don't know where Satan is lurking. How many times we got in the car and went across town or out of town and didn't even ask God for protection in driving, driving grace, turning grace, stopping at the red light grace, grace in driving the speed limit. That's grace. grace. You, you need a traveling grace. Uh, when you're on that plane, I, I've never stepped on the plane. I, well, I meant I say never because I may have forgotten something somewhere. But 90% of the time, 99% of the time, I don't get on a plane without praying. Some of these people get on a plane where they, they, they want to drink right now and all that kind of stuff. Listen, I want a prayer. You know what I do? You say, what do you do? When I'm stepping on board, I'm touching that plane. Say, keep this plane, Jesus. I touch it and I, I touch every plane I get on. And for for folks that don't have sense enough to pray, I'm praying for them too. Did you get what I'm saying? I'm praying for them too. I'm praying for them. They get up there, they're talking and laughing and acting crazy, silly and all that, but but I'm praying. Ooh, you are bold as you can be. 
If you can get on that plane, that plane going 30 something. Did you see that plane the other day? You see that high part of it, blood? People could have been sucked out of that plane. Sucked up. You know what? Some, some of them didn't get sucked out, but it sucked their cell phones. I think some old cell phones need to be sucked out. <laughs> Those folks could have been all killed. All, all, everybody. How do you get on a plane, go that far up in the air on technology? You don't know the pilot. Have you seen the, the pilot's credentials? Did you ask him? <laughs> you just get on that. That's my faith. I wish we can trust God like that. Oh, I wish we could trust God like that. I know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Believers who live in a spirit of prayer receive spiritual blessings from Christ. Believers who live in a spirit of prayer receive spiritual blessings from Christ. Ephesians 6, 18a says, pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the, uh, at all times and on every occasion. You pray all the time on every occasion about everything. Not just for yourself, not just for your family, about others as well. Beloved, God gives spiritual blessings to believers who live in a spirit of prayer. Now, you know what? I'm going to give you a few of these spiritual blessings so you will be spiritually motivated to pray. Now, if you're not writing, you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, you got a, a photostatic memory or something, but man, this stuff is so spiritually juicy. I don't know how you can just, you know, you're not all that, you know. You're not that good. I can just, oh, he said on this point, it was an A, and he did this, and he said that at this time. I don't believe it. So maybe you go to college and take all kinds of notes. Come to church and won't even lift a pen. I got it. And I understand, church people, or Christians, don't like repetition. I told my early morning discipleship group, one time one is what? And they said two. They were playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> one plus one equals what? Two. I, but I said one times one. And I, and I started talking about the timetables and all that. I said, you know that? We had to learn our timetables from one to 12. You had to back and forward and all that kind of repetition. Repetition. I remember Mr. Davis, my seventh grade history teacher. He said, I want you class. at seventh, seventh grade, Cashman High School, Houston, Texas. And he looked, he said, I want you students. You, he said, you will not graduate this class until you can get before this class and say the Gettysburg Address by memory. Without that, you will not. Do you understand me? Oh, I had some teachers back then. When I was at Texas Southern, it, was, it got worse. <laughs> we don't like repetition. I heard that before. I got it. John 3.16, you got it so good, it no longer speaks to you. I heard that. I heard that. I know that. And Satan is just dulling you down. Down. So what spiritual blessings do believers receive from prayer? What spiritual blessings do believers receive from prayer? Well, first, prayer enables us to overcome Satan. Without prayer, you're going to lose the battle in spiritual warfare. How are you going to have victory? We're talking about living the victorious life in troubling times. If you're not praying, Satan is going to take advantage over you. 
He's going to seduce you. He's going to deceive you. Another spiritual blessing, prayer gives us wisdom from God. I cry to God for wisdom. All these folk in here that I'm preaching to, by social media, on radio, on television, on this, on that. Listen, I have to be talking to God, and I have to depend on him, and I need wisdom from God. I I need wisdom to deal with critics. I need wisdom to deal with negative folk. I I need wisdom to deal with crowds. I I need wisdom to know what not to say, what to say. I need wisdom to to know when to shut my mouth, when to speak up. it, It takes wisdom to deal with people. Shepherding the people of God is a tremendous spiritual task that I do not take lightly. And I cry out to God for wisdom because your lives are hanging in the balance. And we need a word from God. What, what, what's another spiritual blessing? Prayer helps us to know God's will for our life. I don't know God's will. I don't know God's will. Well, have you asked him? God will tell you his will. God didn't want to keep you, keep you from knowing the will of God from your life, for your life. Ask. He'll tell you what you want. The word of God will reveal his will. The word of God will reveal his will. For your life. Sometimes God navigates us through circumstances. Sometimes God will have a person in your life and they will speak from God, and when they speak, it just resonates in your, your spirit. And they'll say something that you needed at that specific time, and you know that was from God. God has a multiplicity of ways of uh, delineating the will of God for your life, but the primary way you can know God's will. It's through his word, through his spirit, and through prayer. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.